What's up? This is your homeboy, your man, the taco man, here to serve you up a origin story. And before we get to the artist of the day, uh, just want to shout out to all the people in Ukraine and Russia. You know, I hope that this quarrel finds a peaceful solution, unless. You know, there's been a lot of deaths, unfortunately, on both ends. Uh, we pray that it gets uh, concluded in the most peaceful way and God intervenes and uses his hand uh, to push away any of the evil thoughts and the bad uh, the bad blood in between both uh, sides at the current moment. Um, we, we also, we have a festival called Chain Unchain festival happening up north um i'll be talking with him tomorrow so get your ears open for that but you know what it's not about promotions it's not about me it's about him it's about god and it's about the tools the voice the voice uh the voice box of his body the worship team and it comes in any genre, we have rock, rap, uh, contemporary, gospel. You know, if you're using the tools that he has given you, the talents that you're given you, that he's given you to uh, lift up his name, then it's it's time for praise because that right there is a it's the greatest talent of all. And with a lot of talent, I've met in this young man. Uh, Mr. Praise, and we're going to talk to him today, but you know what? I'm getting off topic. Let's go ahead and hit the intro music. This is Origin. Origin. What a great day it is to be alive, and I have the honor, the privilege to talk to Mr. Roman Rodriguez, Praise. What's up, Praise? How's it going, man? Man, it's a, it's an honor to meet you. Um, I've heard so much about you. Uh, you know, uh, Randy B. talked about you before. Uh, it, you know... Hearing your story, reading over your story, you know it's it's a it's a testimony in itself to see you rise to the statue that you are. That God has opened up that talent He gave you, and that talent you use uh, to you know speak His name and to lift Him in praise. You know that's Amen. that's awesome. So Amen. we know who you are now. Let's get a little peek of. Uh, how you grew up as a, as a child, you know, what was your lifestyle? What was, uh, how was your parents' life? Uh, you know, what was going on, uh, in the mind of praise at that time? Okay. Well, there's a, there's a lot to that, but, um, you know, growing up, uh, well, I was born in California. I was actually born in Indio, California on the side of the freeway after uh, the ambulance uh overheated <laughs> and so uh 
Yeah, I was just born right there on the side of the road, man. Wow. <laughs> and uh, were you going to say something? No, I was going to say wow. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. And so it, it's a funny story. My family makes fun of me about that. But, um, yeah, I, I have a huge family. I have uh, nine brothers and eight sisters. Um, I'm the youngest out of all of them. Um you know, so it's a big family. My oldest brother is like 50. And so uh, it's yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah. Wow. But, uh, you know, you got to give praise to your mom. Definitely. Yeah. Well, it's not it's not the same. So um, we actually have some from my dad and then we have some from my mom. My mom has eight. My dad has nine. So it's like the extended version of the Brady Bunch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> extended, extended, raw and uncut. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so you said you were the youngest. Yeah. The youngest out of all of them. So you can imagine how bad I'd get picked on and beat up. Well, you know, sibling, civil, uh, sibling rival rivalry, um, uh, at its best <laughs> yeah. there. I was the oldest, so I never had that issue. So, <laughs> right. yeah, but, it must uh, be nice. So you growing up, uh, so you live in, in California. Was it uh, a majority of your youth? Um, so it was really off and on. My dad was, uh, you know, definitely a rolling stone without the music. He would go around from place to place. Um, he was a master mechanic. And so uh, literally um, he couldn't work for a while because my mom shot him in the leg. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a crazy story within itself. But, um, so he was on disability and, but also still fix up cars and, uh, he, he traveled around, man. We were everywhere. I lived in the desert in Tonopah, Arizona, I lived in Mexico. Uh, we lived all through central and Northern California as well as Southern. And so, uh, we would pretty much just go around a lot of places. Um, also, Within that, um, there was times where I was in like foster homes. Uh, my mom had a bad like shoplifting problem, and so uh, three times uh, she was in there for a few years. And uh, even when I was um, born, you know, she was gone for about a year or so out of my life. And so um, it really affected uh, my relationship as far as affection, you know, even with her, but with others as well as I grew up. But um, yeah, that's kind of how it was. We were just here, there, everywhere, and uh, it's kind of settled. Uh, when I was 12 years old, um, that's where I actually stayed here in Caldwell, Idaho. So, you know, the scenery from California to Idaho, that that's like a completely, like, night and day, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I miss... I miss palm trees still to this day, you know, but at the same time, I wouldn't want to live there now, but, you know, no offense to anyone who's staying there now, but, uh, no, I'm, uh, I love Idaho. Um, it's, uh, it's definitely different from the lifestyle out there, but you know, I've, I've lived here long enough to be considered a native, but yeah. That's awesome. So growing up as a child, um, you know, with your mom, and then going in and out of foster, uh, your mom shooting your dad in the leg, you know, just a precaution. Do not make a woman mad. You don't know no. the wrath of a woman. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, I had some issues like that, but that's, that's my life. <laughs> that, that's, right. That was a lot of BC before Christ, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Definitely. So growing up um, in that nomadic kind of lifestyle, because you're moving from place to place, uh, how did that affect you uh, spiritually and physically? Well, the spiritual aspect wasn't uh, there at the time. I mean, um, we've had a religious understanding of, you know, who God was, who God is, but, um, but it wasn't anything authentic. It was just, we were living our life. This is how we were raised type of thing. Uh, we were brought up uh, with the beliefs of Catholicism and all that. Um, but um, outside of that, um, I'm sorry, I just totally went blank right now. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it, you it's know, fun. it's winding down the end of the day. Everybody's minds <laughs> on autopilot. Autopilot. Auto uh, there. I can't even talk right now. <laughs> yeah, even though this is yeah, my morning. This is my yeah. morning. I, I work late nights, so this is my morning. Gotcha. So, but uh, so I would like to go back to that. Can you touch touch on that again? Where I was going? Yeah, yeah. Um, so about your your spiritual well-being oh, spiritual. Yeah. yeah and also okay. your physical well-being growing up yeah and it was tough because you know you're like that new kid in school um you know i wasn't the biggest kid either i was uh short growing up and so uh i was like the dirty kid it just going in and out of places um i'd get picked on at school and then uh, i would definitely uh you know start fighting back and then i would be the one who get in trouble and so uh definitely it was rough for me going from place to place and then also not having uh you know my my parents there um that affected me greatly you know i i could see that even growing up my entire life it was just like if my parents weren't there you know it, how can I even begin to fathom that my heavenly father was there or even begin to articulate that in my mind as a child? Yeah. And it shows, it shows in studies, there's studies that without a good stable, uh, relationship with your parents, um, you know, you start tending to, to the world for nurturing. And a lot of times, yeah. uh, your environment is not really the, the most savory part to be learning, uh, yeah. you know, the good, the goodness in life, um, because they too, you know, hurt people tend to hurt people. So, yeah. uh, and plus you want to, everybody goes to a commonality. They want to go somewhere where they feel they have a common like, you know, if, if you're depress uh if you're going through some issues you usually find that same kind of group where you hang out and you know if you have rain cloud after rain cloud after rain cloud gathering up it's going to be a big storm it's it's not yeah. producing positivity you know that's the sun is not there to uh blur it out so uh Definitely. so growing up uh, with that, you you had that feel of you knew there was a God, right? That you, yeah. Through through being Catholic, um, but you weren't actually pr practicing it because you didn't have that strong family foundation, right? Where the yeah. the priest of the family and the the mother, you know, the yeah. whole 
the whole uh, what the what the Bible says a, a family should be, right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so you you reached out to others to fill that void. Well, um, when uh, I was twelve years old, I actually um, joined a gang. And so I'm an ex-game member. I joined uh, Northside Gang, um, which uh, originates from California, north and south, um, southern part of, southern part of California, fighting northern part of California. And um, so that's where I, you know, had my friends. I had uh, that's where I found identity in myself. That's where I enjoyed belonging to something, you know. And so my brothers as well were. Uh, kind of who I looked up to in that aspect of, you know, being in a gang. And so, yeah, I was finding it in everything. For the longest time, I just had relationship issues as a, you know, 12 years old. I had a girlfriend and all that stuff. And, you know, I would always try to find, you know, love or affection within those people versus, you know, even it wasn't even in my mind thinking about God, you know, and receiving the love from him. Yeah, amen to that. And I I can understand the need to be in a gang. I I was in a gang uh growing up. Um uh, I don't look like it now, you know. Johnny Tacos, you were in a gang? Wow, everybody's getting to learn a lot of new stuff about you. I, yeah, it it wasn't that it was just me and a couple of guys. It wasn't as, you know, a stereotypic gang. It it was a bunch of like-minded people that were hurting that that wanted to rebel against people and wanted to you know feel like a a, a family and yeah. you know i I've, I've talked to a lot of ex gang members um matter of fact the, the guy that got me back into church and all that he was a he was an ex gang member in Dallas he was also a a pimp he was a, a drug uh, drug smuggler and all that in his past life, and he told me the worst the the one thing that he had ever felt like a family growing up was being a part of the gang. So it's hard to get out of that lifestyle if you see all your friends, your brothers, and all that that are in the gang as family. It's hard to get a step away from it because you want to protect your family. So I, I understand that, but you know, there's, there's one big family out there and that's under God's wing. Amen. Yeah. His hand, you know, we're all parts, parts of the body. You know, I, sometimes I feel like the left toe, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, uh, we're, we're, we're all I got the pinky toe, the pinky toe. That's what I got the pinky toe. <laughs> so, so when, when you were, um, in the gang is that where you started uh perfecting your talents did you do a lot of secular before you know uh before you became a christian artist yeah so um that's when i started um really like like freestyling and rapping um so believe it or not when i was in foster homes i i grew up on like the eagles bon jovi john lennon stuff like that and uh when my brother got out of prison he gave me a double tape all eyes on me album from tupac <laughs> it was downhill from there but yeah. uh, uh so after that uh, you know i was gotten a little 
little raps when I was younger, like seven years old, eight years old. And uh, I was, it's funny because I would, uh, I remember my first rap. Um, I was like, my name's Roman, and I'm here to say I eat Fredo Pebbles and I sleep all day. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah, is that uh, was my first rap. Yeah, which was the definition of a rock star at that time. <laughs> right? <laughs> sleep all day. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Hey, you don't mess with Fredo Pebbles, so, you know. <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. Praise God. But, uh, you know, uh, I... I 12 years old i started getting more into music uh, a guy named frank nitty um he was from san jose california and he moved up here uh, probably got into some bad things out there but he kind of molded me into like uh he was like my miyagi of of rapping and so he can encourage me to make music and so uh, i started making music around 12 13 i went to radio shack and i bought like one of those desk uh, little mics, the little yeah. like grayish ones, and so uh, we actually had like a looper program that I put on my computer, and I would just loop uh, like sections of beats, and then I would uh, just make stuff like that. But I, I did it all because I, you know, I wanted to be famous. I I saw. Um, that that was my purpose and that's what I wanted to be. I wanted people to fear me, to love me, to, you know, whatever it was, I'd make, you know, the gangster music, but then I would make like love songs and stuff to just try to get every girl that I could possibly get. You know? So you were the romantic time type, right? The romantic. <laughs> yeah. 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 That is <laughs> Roman, the romantical. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could. Yeah, you know, uh, you kind of, you kind of got that smooth talk. You know, I could see you being kind of the ladies' man back then. Yeah, definitely. So not a good one. Not but, a, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, but it's whatever. You know, we we, we as children do childish things, but when we grow up, we set aside those childish. And it's all it's yeah, a it's a learning. Uh, God gave us you know free will, so. Sometimes we veer off the path a little bit for for a season or two, but yeah. you know we're just uh, so. Back to your story. Um, so you you did a lot of secular, a lot of gangster rap. Uh, You're living this lifestyle, this gang life. Um, you were were you peddling drugs or were you were you doing that or were you just just mostly like light criminal activities or um well um during this time it was like 2003 2004 and um a little bit earlier um the city here of Caldwell was kind of was reaching high numbers of uh shootings and so um I had a friend that died when I was 15 years old. His name was Victor Sanchez. He got shot by one of our rival gangs. And um, he wasn't a gang member, which was a thing. You know, he was a good kid on his way up and up. He was probably the one who was going to make it to college and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, he ended up getting shot, died in my baby mama's arms. But um, she wasn't my baby mom then, but, you know, died in her arms. And uh, after that, it started a big old thing. And, um, you know, that's when I took um, gangbanging, like, real serious. And after that, there was a lot of drive-bys, a lot of shootings, um, you know, some friends dying. And, you know, the area here got just real, real bad. And so that was uh, part of the time of, like, 
it's not like that now cops started cracking down and you know slapping gang enhancement charges which were giving people like 15 to 20 years um but uh i I wouldn't say that i was like tony montana or anything like that (laughs) but uh, definitely uh you know i would do a little selling here and there um i did meth when i was 12 years old and you know i started to weed after that like meth was the first drug i've ever done which was the weirdest thing it was you know they say marijuana is a gateway drug but it, it was meth for me and then after that i started drinking and doing the partying thing and uh after that it was just a lot of um retaliation for for what happened you know to my friend and that's what kind of led me to go down this this path of hatred for my rival gang members so you know, with the unfortunate loss of your friend uh, and the downward spiral you went through, uh, started living that more um, harder gangster life. Uh, when did it start? When did you start questioning your values? When did you start uh, questioning, are, is this the right thing to do? And how can I. Uh, how can I turn myself, my, my life around? When, when was that around? So that was around when I was 24, uh, 24, almost 25. You know, I used the music to, uh, you know, entice and recruit other gang members. And, um, that's what I was using it for as well as to, uh, intimidate my enemies. But, um, it's actually kind of crazy because I wouldn't have got out. It was something that God was already orchestrating. Um, a little couple of years before that, they were wanting to give me a gang enhancement charge for recruiting. And so I actually found it after they raided my house. Like these feds showed up and they were like FBI agents and they had like the whole like um, shields and, you know, huge boxes and stuff like that and all i had was a box that smelled like weed and 150 bucks inside after everything was said and done you know but i don't know who they thought i was but uh it it was funny after that happened but um i actually saw on the discovery um of the disc that my lawyer requested and that i was a big suspect in a larger investigation that the you know, law enforcement was conducting at that time. So after that, I backed out a little bit. I still had the same friends and all that, but um, it actually happened a few years later when um, a guy I was, um, he was in, so I'm from Caldwell and there's, there's Nampa and um, we always didn't click. We always didn't get along, but we're still the same Northsiders, you know, we still had the same gang. And so uh, I would keep in contact with this gentleman with his uh, while he was in prison. I would keep in contact with his girlfriend to get in contact with him. And then he would relay information to me. And then I would tell, you know, my friends and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I don't know what was said between them, but uh, he got out and in there as well, thought I slept with her. And uh, he got out telling all my friends that I was a snitch. And so at this time, you need paperwork because it's public records. 
you know, if you're, uh, it has to be documented, you have to have proof of this and it has to be presented to your gang leaders. Well, just for the fact that he was in prison and uh, he got out, gave him like some higher status, higher rank. And so they bypassed the paperwork and went through word of mouth. And um, they were actually inviting me to a barbecue one weekend. And it was strange to me because I always had another set of friends that weren't like gang members or nothing like that, but they were cool dudes. And I was at their house at this time and they, I was hanging out with them this weekend. And then they kept on calling me and calling me hey come to the barbecue hey come to the barbecue like even dudes that didn't even have my number were calling me and so a girl i knew um she gave me a call and told me what they were planning on doing and they were planning on removing me from the gang and so after that i didn't show up you know no, if I did I'd probably end up in like a wheelchair or dead who knows what would have happened but um I I sat there I was so upset I was crying and like with anger and I would have like because I gave my life to that I I basically given my life to that just like how I live for Christ now like that's how you know then I, w- I gave my life to that cause and to all of them and I felt betrayed and so a uh, couple weeks go by I, I think it was a couple weeks or a week um, I heard that guy was going to be at a party that they had and so uh, I show up I'm all coked out and I've been drinking and I just wanted to fight him you know and just clear my name and so uh, he wasn't there so I just kept on partying, man. And, uh, you know, there was a keg and all that stuff and that every girls and stuff. And so um, somebody comes running to me in the bathroom and uh, they're like, hey, man, he's outside. And so I do everything I have. You know, I I do all the coke I have and then I run outside to sober up. And then I just I hit him up. Then we start fighting. After I started, uh, we started fighting, um, I started getting the upper hand. And then after that, I got jumped uh, by another guy. And uh, some of my friends didn't uh, didn't back me up and they didn't help me. And so uh, after that, I just uh, I got beat up pretty bad. Um, Crazy thing is, is that I was so adrenaline and rushed with with um you know cocaine that i was like punching vehicles they'd beat me up i'd stand back up i'd get beat up again i'd stand back up to the point where they just like gave up and then uh, i was just yelling and a friend that i took with me he didn't know what was going on outside and he was inside just hitting on a girl i'm outside getting pummeled man (laughs) i'm getting my face beaten and uh so he comes outside picks me up he wants to take me to the hospital and uh when i'm sitting there and I'm just like, no, nah, man, just take me home. I had a bunch of welts on my head. And so after that, the next day I was sitting there and I'm like, you know, what? I don't need this crap. I'm good. Um, you know, I'm just I'll do me. And so I'm out of the gang at that time. I'm unsure what I'm doing. You know, I I have them as enemies now. I have my old friends as not my old friends, but my old enemies, still my enemies. Uh-huh. You know, that doesn't change. And so uh, I hung out with my other friends that I had, other set of friends, and they had my back. And um, I still went to the clubs. I still was doing stupid things. And um, in 2013, I ended up selling um, a quarter pound to a police officer of marijuana. And uh, little did I know, the friend who I was selling for, 
was under investigation. And so I got hit six months later on a grand jury indictment. And uh, during that time, I uh, had a son and I was just was having my daughter not too long after that. And um, that's where I was in the courtroom after some time. And uh, I called out to God and I was like, God, if you help me out, I'd, I'd give my life to you. And so, uh, you know, sometime after that, after sentencing, um, you know, he did. He, I was facing five years in prison and it would have been bad if I went to prison. Can you imagine me in prison with like yeah. my my ex-friends and then also my enemies and all the people I pissed off? Because I would fight a lot of those guys like um, sorry, I'm, I'm kind of rambling off in this, but uh, uh, it's OK. Yeah, like. I, I have a lot of brothers and I never dared bring my family in because I didn't want to bring that, that drama. My brothers would kick in their doors and do some crazy stuff. But, um, you know, growing up with them, I got beat up, but they would make me tough. And so I would always try to fight the biggest guys and fight, you know, whatever, give me the leader or give me this guy, or, you know, whatever. And so, uh, I pissed off a lot of people. And so, uh, after that, um, you know, those thoughts entered my head and I was like, I can't go to prison. <laughs> like, I'm going to get destroyed, um, you know, and plus my daughter, and my son. And I was just I um, after that, you know, that's what made me reach out to God. I didn't know exactly who he was. I know it was Jesus. I knew that much. But yeah. Yeah, after that, I uh, I went to church and, you know, a pastor singled me out and asked me that I wanted to give my life to the Lord. And I did. And I was radically saved after that. You know, I, I've heard I heard that, you know, I heard the story, you know, um, getting out of the game was was hard. Um, you're lucky that you just got um, left with whelps. You know, yeah. on your head. Yeah, you know, there, there's, there's actually harder gangs than that that yeah. that do a lot worse. And you know, God was looking out for you at that time, even though you didn't think He was. Yeah. You know, He was He was there with you through all the punches and and everything. Uh, you know the so so when you I know it wasn't like cold turkey. You quit everything because God is works in you you know, in his time, not, not our time. I know there, there was some, you know, it took a, a little bit because I too lived a life unsavory, uh, to God's eyes. Uh, I went back and forth to church. I had my, you know, what they call a relapse, you know, uh, a relapse from church. I would go back and then forth, um, so was that like like you as well? Did you have your times where you were going up, down, up, down? Because you lived a life, you did lived one life forever. So that became a habit, you know. The worldly yeah. uh, lust and all that became a habit, and you know, scientifically shown that a habit needs to be broken in a in a long amount of time. It just can't be broken all at once, or you trade yeah. one habit for another habit of equal pleasure, you know? So how did, you know, you going to church, um, who, who talked you into, uh, going to church and keeping you going? Um, was that your, your wife? 
Uh, no. So I'm currently unmarried, but, um, well, what happened was that, um, so it's a, just a weird story, but, um, what happened was, uh, a few years back, I, uh, wanted to go to this church called Harvest Life because a girl invited me and I wanted to sleep with her. And so, uh, I didn't care about, you know, going to church or anything like that. It was a good service, but I didn't, uh, I never went back and, you know, what happened happened but um i remembered that church and um that's that's when i went back and you know i got saved but really i just um i praised god so much and you know just worshiped him so much that i was just i let go of everything i let go of everyone i let go of all that stuff and i just consistently just kept going to church i went by myself i went you know just yeah. every that was there Wednesdays I was there three services on Sundays I was there any type of uh event and all that I just I started serving as a usher for three and a half years and so like apart from like my habits and all that stuff like um it was really social um so I wasn't like addicted on drugs or anything like that um I really just let it go and I just just lived at church for the longest time. Like I didn't see any of my old friends. I didn't see any of my old enemies and God literally just covered me completely and all that. Like, um, you know, there's times where like I would like go to a bar or something and, uh, yeah, I would, uh, relapse and things like that. But apart from me, um, I, I, I think it would be like, uh, women as well. Um, that was something like a habit of mine that, you know, I try to get married um, when I first became a believer. Um, and uh, the girl I was engaged with was heavily Catholic. And um, so I was having unmarital, you know, fornication and, just, you know, things with her. And um, but I was still going to church. I was still doing all that stuff, trying to figure things out. But uh, after I got baptized and uh Memorial Day 2015, um, uh, she actually manifested on me, man, demonically. And um, she played the Ouija board sometime back when she was, uh, you know, a little girl and all that. There's a big story behind that. But uh, I ended up having to let go of that relationship. And um, I kind of, you know, even to this day, I got to knock that idol down of me desiring to be with somebody, you know, that wife. Yeah. You know, and so that that's even currently where I'm at right now. You know, I've been engaged three times. Um, I actually just broke off some things like generational sin and things like that with uh, some of my elders. But um, definitely it's it's something that I've been that I've struggled with, you know, wanting that partner. And God needs to be I need to be married to the Lord, you know, and which I am now. But uh, it, it's been a tough battle with me for that as well, to be transparent. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, what you say is, is so true. You know, you doing, saying what you said is a miracle in itself. You know, you have people saying, well, I don't see any of the miracles. I don't see miracles. There, there's no God. I don't see miracles. Miracles approach you every day. You know, you have, a yeah. you had that miracle of turning your life, uh, a life of pure hatred uh, pure evil you turned it around to the to pure light 
and being the bride of God, you know, being the bride of Jesus, um, you know, uh, you know, and people are like a bride. I'm not a, I'm not a girl. I'm not a bride. <laughs> no, right. um, it's, it's a, it's a union between your, your heart and God and, and, and you devoting, you're submitting to, to God. That's a bride submits to her husband. Yeah. So yeah. I just want to clarify it. He is a man. And when he says bride, he's not being funny. Right. Amen. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but seeing that, you see the miracle. You see the yeah. miracle and you see what could have happened and what yeah. didn't happen because God has sheltered you from there. And he dropped, he He helped you drop off, drop all your vices. And he says, you know what? Come hunger me, hun- hunger for my knowledge. Come hunger for my love. And yeah. that's what you did. Like you said, you went Wednesday, three times Sunday, you know, any kind of events that happened at church, you were there. Yeah. Like, oh, there's Roman right there. You know, hey, what's up, buddy? What are you doing? Oh, I'm just at the church living life, you know, and yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a good infection. You know, it's a good infection. You, you're, you're, you're portraying yourself. You're, you're saying this is what a Christian is because you lead by action. And not by yeah. word. I can go around and say, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian, and be smoking cigarettes or doing drugs, drinking, and all that partying. But I'm still a Christian. You know, God still loves me for who I am. God loves yeah. me, but hates the sin. But I'm not. I'm not practicing my Christian beliefs. And yeah. it takes a lot of uh, what is that word? Uh, discipline takes a lot yeah. of discipline and a lot of a lot of prayer a lot of prayer yeah. i'm i'm talking about you pray plus pray some more and then if you feel like you prayed a lot no you got to pray a little bit more it's so, true man uh, uh, you know so you being a rapper uh doing you know gang rap and stuff like that did you, when did you decide like, Hey, you know, I'm doing this, but I feel like in my heart that my talent that God gave me should be used to honor and to praise God. When did that come around? Did that come around a couple of years after you were saved? Um, that was when I was baptized. Um, a little bit after that, I, I got into a group called the network and, um, it was fishers of men, you know, the net throwing out the net and catching the yeah. fish. But uh, it was a group of guys. There was like 11 of us. Uh, I needed a name. And so the I was like praying. I was like, God, I need a rap name. My old rap name used to be Romy Rome. And so uh, I, I sat there and first word that came to my head was praise. And then, so I was like, that's, you know, I praise God for setting me free, you know, for just freeing me up. And um, so I, uh, my buddy Phoenix um he goes by phoenix were born um i i message him i'm like i got the name and then i i put praise and then he's like but you should do it this way put a z in it and then so i'm like yeah that's yeah that's it. You, you gotta make it you gotta make it more legit <laughs> you yeah. gotta add that add that little flavor to it like the yeah. like a rapper's flavor to it you know your little yeah. little mark on that yeah so and so so what uh, uh so how did that go, um 
did you did you start like writing music? Uh, did you have help? Did your pastor help you or? No. Um, so that was after I got out of that relationship, and you know I got into the group with the guys, and um, after that I was just uh, you know I just started writing what you know I read in the Word. Um, you know, my experiences and just how I love the Lord. It, it wasn't like anything that I made now, making now, but it was a start of something. And uh, we were able to go out and minister all over Idaho. And uh, it was it was pretty fun. We would just go out to the parks and do our thing. Yeah, uh, you know, there's nothing like um, going past your pride. You know, yeah. uh, a lot of things to hold back. I I haven't perfected going past my pride because my pastor said, "Hey, we're going to go to this festival. It's a non-Christian festival, and I want you to go out with a buddy and I want you to preach his word." I'm like, I don't even like talking to people that much, uh, you know. Well, you have a podcast, yeah. I'm, I'm talking to one person. I'm not talking to a bunch of people at one time, you know, and. It's just when you when you put your mind your mind and your and your heart and you're trying to do it it's it's hard but if you just say hey you know I'm going to put myself on cruise control you you drive you lead me to a person that seems like they're they're down or they need they need you the most and I'll I'll do my best and talk I'm not a very good prayer you know uh Everybody tells me, hey, can you lead us out with prayer? Uh, okay. All right. So I got to do it this way. The, the, the pastor, he does a 20-minute prayer. I don't know if I could have 20 minutes. I don't know if I know that much in the English dictionary to do all that that prayer. And it's more like doing it, open up your, your heart and let God speak. And it, it's, it's wonderful. So yeah. being a... Christian rapper how how is that coming along you know have you has any of your friends from your your old life because I know we all have to say goodbye to a lot of toxic people in in life because you know some of them are not ready to be saved yet uh that God has not fully finished his work on them or if they can be saved at all, because sometimes the devil has so much of a control on on people. Uh, has has any of them? Have you saved any of them? Have you uh, planted the seed in them, and they they uh, flourished? Um, well, no. I've actually um, I'm actually speaking to a few now actually that I used to hang out with and uh, he's interested in going to church. And so that's been a good thing. Um, Really what the Lord has me um, working on is my family. You know, my mom actually uh, became saved. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Not too long ago, dude, we, uh, one night she called me up and she says, Hey, I want to break all my idols and all my 
stuff of the Virgin Mary and all that. Dude, I got in my truck, just, you know, all butt over there. Uh, my buddy calls me. He's like, hey, dude, I heard I heard you leave because he lives right next to me. He's my best friend. He's like, I heard you leave. What's going on? And I'm like, dude, my mom, she she wants to break things. She wants to break these things. And then I hung up. <laughs> and then I get there. My mom has, like, all her rosaries. She has, like, so my mom had, like, if you go into a, you know, a uh, Hispanic's house, a Mexican house. They'll have like those altars of the Virgin Mary and yeah, the candles yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. And so uh, I'm Mexican I, by association. Time... <laughs> gotcha. Hence the word tacos. But, uh, two yeah. of my daughters are half Mexican. Gotcha. So, and so uh, I got like for the longest time, I kept on seeing that that Virgin Mary thing. I'm like, one day I'm gonna break that. Uh, it would give me headaches to be honest just sitting in there like it would just bother me but uh she had everything there outside we were breaking statues we were ripping rosaries i got to it was crazy because uh my mom had that uh virgin mary uh big uh photo and it had a frame and everything on it and she was trying to hit it but it wasn't breaking like not even the glass (laughs) nothing was breaking she was trying her hardest uh-huh. you know and then so like I, I felt like the lord just left that for me and then so i just grabbed it i just set it up and i just gave it a chop kick and then after that i started ripping it apart and it was just one of the biggest moments that uh you know in my life and after that um some of my sisters and my brothers have been saved and i've gotten to really reach my family which is a crazy thing you know yeah and that that's awesome that you're reaching out to your family because you know family needs to to be with family you know like Vin Diesel on on Fast and Furious <laughs> you never leave family <laughs> you never yeah. turn your back on family <laughs> yeah that is true but so, uh, it was tough because I'll be honest with you I was uh, you know a thirty year old man you know I'm I'm gonna be thirty four now but at the time I I still lived at my mom's house until I was like a thirty year old man dude who was defeated in my circumstances child support debt to the ceiling and like you know it wasn't until three years ago the Lord blessed me with a house when I was living in my truck. Yeah, you know, you're speaking to the choir right here. You're preaching to the yeah. choir, you know. We <laughs> us men we you know with the when we're defeated we're 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 defeated you know it it just it keeps getting that hole just keeps getting wider and deeper and deeper uh but we're also a proud species being a man you know we, we oh we can do this we can fix it we can fix it we can't fix it without the lord's help and and you started seeing things you started seeing his his uh his his blessings you know you started seeing the things how he sees um love you know you're 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 going out to your family you're trying to help your family be more close uh be closer to the to the lord saving them because you have that goodness in your heart now that um yeah. i'm not going to say that you you don't you that you're completely a a perfect person because nobody <laughs> nobody in the no world way. is perfect. There was one perfect, no way. and he he walked the earth a, a millennia ago, you know. Okay. And he was, yeah. you know, he was 
you know, Jesus Christ for everybody want to know who that. Well, who is this perfect person, and where do I get to meet him? You do get to meet him in your heart. Just open up your heart. Yeah. He's right there. He's he's talking Amen. to you right now. Uh, so it's it's amazing. It's um it's amazing hearing your 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 testimony. The what you've been through. You know, uh, again, you know, I pray for all the all your friends that you lost along the way. That yeah. they uh, they found light towards the end, and God opened His arms up to them. You know, yeah. Uh, God is a forgiving Lord; He forgives. He loves you, hates the sin. You can yeah. you can you can be so imperfect, but you're perfect in His eyes because He Amen. made you, He crafted you, He knew, He knows every hair on your head. He yeah. knows all the wrinkles on your face when you start getting old. And believe me, I'm 45. I'm starting to see all these wrinkles. I'm like, I woke up. I go, how did I get this old, man? I'm a grandfather now. I have a, I have a, a month old uh, grandson. You know, Lord has been really blessing me, and you know, and I see the blessings on you. Uh, you have your own house. You know, from living on the street to living with your mom to having your own house—that's a miracle. That's a blessing. Um, yeah, it was tough, man. Um, you know, family members did like saw me as that guy, that that kid who was never going to amount to nothing, the loser of the family. You know, and all I could do was just sleep on that couch and didn't have no privacy, and I was just like leaning on God. But I had to really just be grateful for what I had even with my family when we get in arguments and stuff like that they just kind of snap on me and the first thing they'd say you think you're good because you're a Christian and you're this and that and you're nothing <laughs> you yeah. know I, I just had to deal with all those word curses man and uh but I just I took those lickings I took them hits and I just continuously prayed. I cried. I was like, Lord, please get me out of here. But, you know, at the time, you know, God was orchestrating something that uh, my family was going to see the transformation that he did in my life. Amen. 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 Yeah. So, all right. So what we're going to do now is we're going to talk about your song, Wake Up. Um, okay. So in the midst of becoming the rapper known as praise. Uh, I wish I had some of the angel things going when I said praise, but uh, you wrote this song, wake up. And yeah. can you give me a little description? Cause we're going to play this song at the end, end of my show. Uh, we're going to play this song uh, that you sent me. Uh, it's a, it's a very powerful song. I got to listen to it a couple of times before I was able to, to chat with you here on so where did you come up with this with the lyrics and with the song and the beats and you know that whole uh my my uh my upbringing a whole goulash so to speak of uh of of the of god's word and 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 those bars yeah no definitely um i've struggled making music as a believer for the longest time i know that we should let our light shine 
But um, I, I fought with myself. I was like, I didn't want to exalt myself over the Lord. And that's not really what it is. We're just sharing his goodness. But um, uh, that song was about waking up. It, it was really based off of Ephesians 5.14. And um, it's, it really says, therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. And so that's that's really what it was about, is about the church waking up and realizing their gifting, realizing that Christ is in them, Holy Spirit in them, Christ in them, the hope of glory. And it was just about being active, about getting out there. You know, it's like I, I rolled that hard as a gang member for my gang. How much more can I serve, you know, you know, King of Kings, yeah. Lord of Lords. Amen. You know, how much more can I can I do for him other than what I did back then? And uh, that's really what the song is about. Um, I kind of originate from like the hyphy movement from back in the day, you know, like E-40 and, you know, Mac Dre and all that stuff. And so uh, uh, some of my music kind of resembles um, kind of like a, I don't want to say silliness or sarcasm type of thing, but it's like uh, it's that type of that type of sound, but with uh, with gospel lyrics. And so that's kind of just how I grew up and the sound that that kind of just stuck with me. And so I use a lot of metaphors in there and uh, I, I just wanted to just encourage the church to get active. Amen. You know, uh, churches are now, you know, trying to be more progressive they're 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 forgetting um their their way of what the lord had spoken about churches you know uh what jesus has spoke about uh churches they're 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 getting to a point where they're saying well you know this sin is not as bad as that sin and they're starting to be more lenient uh, God said there is no greater sin. Sin is sin. And uh, in his eyes, sin is just sin. You can steal or you can murder. It's still sin. sin. Yeah. Um, and these progressively uh, churches need to wake up and know that, hey, you cannot alter the church to benefit one person. You have to keep with what God had intended the church to be. So, uh, so I feel you on that. And that, you know, like I said, this is a powerful song. This is a powerful song that you, you wrote. Um, and Ephesians is a, is an awesome book in itself too. So, (laughs) so, uh, what I want to say is, uh, we're running, we're running out of time here is I want to say thank you for being on the show praise yeah uh you're a inspiration to the youth out there to say hey you might be broken at one time but it's just a season and you can rise above and come back into the lord's open arms and you know through your testimony today i know would speak out to uh many of the listeners um that are going through maybe the similar kind of uh, issues that you're going through or that you've been through and how God helped you is by making you a speaker, a voice piece so they can um, be moved as well. 
So I appreciate yeah. your work. Keep up the good work, man. You got a concert coming up with Randy B. I'm good friends yeah. with Randy B. What What was that concert called again? Uh, uh you know, I I don't have the name right now in front of me. Okay. Um. Well, I know it's uh, March 18th. Okay. So. Well, you have a concert with Randy B. on March 18th. Uh, do you know what church? Uh, Research Church in Meridian, okay. Idaho. See, in Idaho, and I'm all the way in Texas, so it's a little far for me to <laughs> enjoy that concert. But if y'all can, if y'all can get somebody to to film it a little bit and um, send me it, I'll I'll put it on my page. Definitely. You know, yeah. y'all, you're you're doing God's work. Uh, I applaud you. You're you're a great, uh, like I said, a great uh, voice piece for for the Lord. You know, you're using your talents, your God-given talents to honor and praise him. And I do appreciate you. Uh, what I like to do is I have my guest uh, pray us out. Uh, would you mind giving us a little prayer? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Lord, Holy Spirit, thank you for this time. I ask that you bless my brother and his ministry. And I ask that, um, you know, all those who listen and all those who are partaking in in this message and, you know, other messages moving forward, I just pray that you continue to give the increase in what what is happening and what you're doing. Um, we thank you that you are, your hand is in all these things. And I, I thank you that you are waking us up and, you know, the revealing all creation is waiting for that, for the revealing of the sons and daughters of, of Christ. And so I just pray that we grasp that thought. And I just thank you for my brother here. May you bless him and his family and, uh, you know, all those in his spirit of influence. And uh, I just. And. Um, you know, to you be the glory in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. We kind of lost you for a second. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. Um, all right. To thank you all for listening, all the new listeners that happened to stumble upon, tripped over this uh, podcast saying, oh, look, it's he's talking about food. I am talking <laughs> about food, but it's uh, food from our Lord and Savior. It's the, uh, it's the food that keeps you full uh, forever. Uh, you didn't come here by mistake. Um, you know, this, this testimony was directly towards you, uh, to all my faithful listeners, you know who you are. You are the glue that keeps this weird podcast together. I, I appreciate you. I bow, you know, I'll give you a little bow on, uh, uh, being on here and listening to every grueling episode you have to listen to with my, un my appealing low voice so uh thanks again to roman praise over here give him praise always you know the lord praise and what and that's a, a suitable name for you um uh, i know that you have a bright future ahead of you uh the lord has blessed you uh, and um keep up with the the great work keep up with great uh the great lord's work um, and to everybody else, um, we're going to send this off with, uh, 
his his song wake up so y'all better wake up uh, y'all better not slip through this you know i know who you are i can hear i know when you're snoring so yeah uh, god bless y'all don't have a good day have a great day and here it is Man, I've been to the block, I ain't never been tired Live from gangster to Christian and some are shot Turn it up a notch, let's wake up the cops Wake up the block, I wake up the flock Many fell asleep, so let's ride to the beat In his eyes, I'm elite, so I kneel at his feet yeah. So why, here's a dose of his life If you're living in the world, it's too bright for your eyes I, I have a message, got a message for mankind Said if you're living in your sin, boy, you ain't right He ain't tripping on your money and your cars But he's tripping on his kids, you let us stray With your music, now I'm century couple what he lost They've been tossed to and fro So I'm headed on the road Lord Forgive them of their sins For the not knowing what they do Fighting over colors Down to the color of their skin Wake up, you sleepers, boy, stop frontin' I be feeding on this word, call me a glutton Belly keeps rumbling, so I stay running In a world full of stumbling He turned water into wine, the blood of the vine Guess it's time to get bubbling Love your neighbor as yourself, yeah, love it, love it So many others out here that be living for self They too busy sleepwalking, putting God on the shelf Not knowing what to believe, nothing's ringing a bell Lights on, but nobody is home Hypnotized by the media like a zombie in love Thinking Armageddon's just a word in the book <laughs> You know the only way to God is through the sun That will come on the clouds with the loud trumpet sound And his will will be done Have me so thirsty. I've been thinking by now, you're awake. You got steak on your plate and you put your plate things away. Oh, lay, I got done like the bait. Now it's time to get smart and change. Work to be done, yeah, your boy's on his way. No pain, no gain. You gotta suffer for the king. Uh.
Podcast.